How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week we are going to be doing one of our super reviews where we take a episode of a show, whether it be from WWE or a random territory, and we review it. And Leonard, why don't you tell everybody what episode we are choosing this week since you were the one that chose it? Yes, this is uh, the final Saturday night's main event of the original run of the program on NBC by the World Wrestling Federation. It's from November 14th of 1992, uh, two weeks before Survivor Series. It's from the Holman Center on the campus of Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, the commentators are Vincent Mann and Bobby Heenan, and Gene Erkelin's in the back doing interviews. So I have to correct you on one thing. Yes. This is actually, this was actually aired on Fox. This so, was Fox. I did not, I, I assumed that the entire original run was on NBC. I didn't think they had went to Fox until uh, they had returned, I think it was around 06. So it would, it's understandable that you thought that, and I'll explain why here. Yes, please so, do. So... NBC had started to lose interest in wrestling after they acquired the rights to all the NBA games at this time. Uh, not to mention the fact that after the twin referee thing between Hulk and Andre went down, ratings slowly started to decline. Um, even though the rating, <laughs> the rating for this was... 10.6 million viewers and a 6.1 rating, which, you know, companies would probably, you know, give any part of their body to acquire right now. But uh, the ratings were declining and NBC was starting to not care. So the final NBC airing of Saturday Night's main event was April 20, April 27, 1991. Fox picked up the show in 92, but it only had two episodes. So that's why you probably didn't know. Yeah. Because there was only two episodes that aired on Fox. And the reason I was curious about the history of this is because when I watched this, the first thing that I noticed right off the bat was that the logo was different. And I was like, hmm, why is the logo different? Um, this The main event is featured much more prominently than the whole, like it's not the classic logo we remember. It's just a little bit different. Um, so if people want to go to the Peacock Network and rewatch it, you can see what I mean. And that's because this particular logo was only there for the Fox era version of the show. So, and as you mentioned, this is only one of two episodes where Heenan teamed with McMahon on commentary. And it's because, and, you know, obviously since they didn't do it that much, it's not a combo that people talk about a lot. And when I started the episode, I was like, oh, I wonder like how this is going to go because, you know, man was used to working with Jesse and other people, but they seem to work really well together. I thought, um, you know, Heenan did his usual stick. And I think McMahon played up the gorilla role where he was kind of telling him to stop saying certain things. And, you know, I thought they played out off of each other. Well, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I think they're fine. And this is what, well, again, I didn't know about the Fox thing. I just didn't even think about it. But one reason why I wanted to talk about this episode when I kind of ran across it, there's a lot of unique things that I think are on this episode that you didn't normally see in the WWF around this time period. 
uh, McMahon and Heenan being on commentary together, being one of them. And yeah, I think they worked uh, together great. Now that might have been what you're saying here might be just solo because I know Heenan worked the desk for Raw at the very beginning of the right. run of the show, but that was a three man. That was a three man table, right? Uh, at that time, so yeah. And this was obviously this was kind of. Uh, I mean, it wasn't until 2006 that this event would come back, but uh, you know, soon enough, a lot of the staples of our childhood would be leaving. Heenan would be leaving eventually, and Gene Okerlund would be leaving eventually, and uh, uh, you know, so this was uh, very much the the end of an era in, in a way. And I forgot to add um, that this is when you look it up on Peacock, it will say November 14th, 1992. The uh, show was actually on October 27th, 1992, but it didn't air until the November date. Um, and the attendance was about 4,300. And not that they count them like this, like uh, Clash of the Champions, you always know which clash it is. This is actually Saturday Night's main event uh, 32. 30, oh. Excuse me, 31. Okay. Yeah, 31, in case it's uh, XXXI. Yeah. So we've got to make sure we note that before we move on. So there's only three matches on this card. And when Leonard suggested that I watch this, I was thinking to myself, oh, man, this is like this will probably be an hour and a half show. I really got to block off time. <laughs> like on Peacock, it's only like 42 minutes long. So. Yeah. And I believe the only thing cut was at one point Vince throws it to a music video starring Bret Hart. That Which I was don't... disappointed we didn't see. Yes, but I, I believe that's the video that that I have seen that's out there and available. Uh, I believe it's from the WrestleMania album. I don't remember the song, but I, I think it's a, a tender love ballad from, huh. from Bret Hart, if I remember correctly. If that's the video that they were, were meaning. I don't remember the title of the song off the top of my head. Well, I think everybody should go out of their way to check that out because I certainly don't remember it, but... Let's start off with our our card here. The first match, and you know, I will add if like knowing that this was going to be the last one for a while, they certainly did everything they could to make it special. Um, the first match on the card is for the WWF Tag Team Championships, the Ultimate Maniacs of the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage against Money Inc. Ted DiBiase, Erwin R. Scheister with Jimmy Hart. Uh, the Ultimate Maniacs would win this by countout. It is just a shade under 10 minutes at 9.54. Uh, the Ultimate Maniacs, uh, you know, the logo they had is really cool. You can find uh, the T-shirt on homage.com if you uh, care to check those out. But uh, not really a tag team that we hear a lot about. So, Leonard, what did you think of this match? Um, You know, it starts as a chaotic brawl. It ends as a chaotic brawl. It kind of right. settles down in the middle with uh, the Ultimate Warrior playing face in peril, which you would think you would want Savage in that role other yes. than Warrior, uh, because it's a lot of him no-selling or jumping right back up from things. And yeah, he, then, didn't say, he didn't sell much. Yes, at all of this. So it's DiBiase and Shyster kind of selling for him, even though it's supposed to be the classic face in peril portion of, of a tag match. Um, it uh, should be mentioned too. There's an insert promo uh, from Razor Ramon, Ric Flair, and Kurt Hennig because yep. Ramon and Flair were going to wrestle the Ultimate Maniacs at Survivor Series. And uh, at the end of the match, when Money Incorporated take a walk, 
the ultimate maniacs chase them down to the interest stage, and then they also get jumped by any given moment of flare. And, uh, first of all, I would give the the, the match uh, probably about two and a quarter stars. I did like it. I did find it a lot of fun, but it certainly isn't a great technical match. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Yeah. I was going to uh, I was just going to add that uh, everything you said is correct. You know, it's just kind of a, a chaotic brawl. And, I, you know, I suppose that's what you would want to have here. You, you can't take the titles off of Money, Inc. And, you know, you want the Ultimate Maniacs to – well, you want them to look strong, assuming that they go into the Survivor Series as a tag team. More on that later. Yes. But, uh, but anyway, the, the, I could see why they had this finish. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would think two and a quarter stars. Uh, whatever you said there is probably correct. But uh, did you have any final thoughts on that match? Uh, no, we, we'll talk a little bit more about Survivor Series later on. So we'll we'll save all that. Uh, I did quickly look up. I believe the music video uh, in question from Bret Hart is called "You Start the Fire." All right. So well, look up "You Start the Fire." Maybe we'll do like music video reviews at some point. I would love to do that, and you know. Maybe it was the ultimate warrior who started the fire with his uh, rare singlet gear on. Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just the ultimate warrior in a singlet. It just looks odd. I don't know. It, it, you know, being that even at this point, he was still very muscular. Yeah. It just, yeah, it doesn't fit him well. Although I, I do know he did wear it from time to time. Uh, but again, a lot of rare, odd stuff in, in this match. Yeah, I loved well, Savage's gear, though. Uh, the logo of the team you can see on his gear. Oh, you know what? I did want to ask you one thing. What would you have thought? Let's say they knew – we're going to get into it, but, you know, Warrior – I think most people probably know the Warrior did not show up for the wrestle, for the Survivor Series match. I'm sorry. Spoiler so, alert, Leonard. What? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert from 30-some years ago. <laughs> uh, what would you have thought about – they knew Warrior was going to be there. What would you have thought about a title change here? The Ultimate Maniacs get the belts and go into Survivor Series with the title belts and defend those against Ramon and Flair. What would you have thought of that idea? Um, I mean, well, at the time, it would have, if as a kid, it would, probably would have been cool to see that. Thinking of it now, putting a title on the Warrior at this stage in any way, shape, or form, any title is a risk because you just didn't know what was going to happen with him from one day to the next. Like he was just a complete wild card. And uh, yeah, I mean, imagine if they had changed the titles here and then he just didn't show up, that would have been even worse. You know? Yeah. But, you know, I didn't do vacate the titles or does Henny get the belt and then it's right. Hennig. It's a, uh, it's a, were they the, were they the perfect maniacs? I don't remember if they gave them a name. Were they the perfect maniacs? I yeah, I don't think they gave them a name. I would have see. I would have said, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, yeah, per perfect maniacs, maniac perfection, macho, <laughs> macho, macho the, perfection, macho perfection, macho perfect. Just doesn't even make any sense, but I like it anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, our second match is the British Bulldogs. Oh, got one Perfectly savage. That's it. That's Perfectly it. That's savvy. the winner. That's the winner right there. We got <laughs> to make that shirt up. Yes. Okay. Anyway, yes, the next match. The British Bulldog defends his WWF Intercontinental Championship against the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. The match is 10 minutes and 28 seconds. And Shawn Michaels wins here. And I certainly had not seen this match before. Didn't 
was not prepared for Michaels winning it, even though I knew what happened at Survivor Series. I knew what that match was in the back of my head, but you know, it, I still wasn't ready for this title change. Uh, but this was obviously a very good match. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels was, you know, still, I think, winning the confidence of Vince McMahon at this point. He wasn't quite looked at as the guy yet, but he was clearly extremely talented in the ring. Um, you know, was so smooth about selling and bouncing around for the British Bulldog. Um, and these guys worked really well together and would continue to work well together even up until the DX era, um, you know, with the uh, the one night only card um, where Shawn Michaels won the European Championship. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I really like this. I would probably go, you know, like three and three quarters, maybe even four. I could be convinced. So I, I went, I went three. I would go three to three quarter stars on this one too. Um, you know, I again, I think this is a nice all around match. There's some wrestling, there's some brawling, there's some fast paced, high flying stuff. Um, Sean does a great job selling getting bulldog over. My favorite spot in the match is where Michaels has a short arm scissors on. Uh, baby boy and he deadlifts him straight up and into right. an electric chair drop that is an awesome looking spot um also i like that michaels he loosens the turnbuckle pad but he doesn't take it off he just yes it. so yeah. then whips bulldog into it later it falls off but the referee really can't say anything right <laughs> you know so i thought that was an, a, a nice way to do that spot um, great work on the back by Michaels throughout because what happens in the finish is that Smith goes for a superplex and his back collapses and Michaels just kind of falls on top of him and gets the win. Right. Um, my guess here is, and I didn't look this up or, 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 or listen to any podcast that might talk about it, but this makes the Survivor Series match champion versus champion. Both belts are not on the line, just the world title, but it's champion versus champion. And my thought is that maybe they wanted that match to have some extra juice to it. Yeah. Um, by making it champion versus champion. Because they really did, I know, kind of push that after they that Michaels won through the rest of the show. And then I know that they really pushed that at Survivor Series. That's going to be champion versus champion. Yeah, it always got on my nerves when they pushed the champion versus champion, uh, you know, moniker. And it wasn't actually title for title. Yeah. Just uh, like a uh, place place card hole like you know it is a champion versus another champion <laughs> yeah. um yeah so um this was yeah this was a, a certainly a good middle match here and i should add that sherry they mentioned was not around due to uh an incident with marty Janetti. um so yes that she was supposedly injured something with marty which i don't remember i have to go back and check out what that was right the main event here is for the WWF Championship, Bret Hart against Papa Shango. And it comes in at 13 minutes and 26 seconds. And, you know, Bret Hart obviously wins here. And uh, I would say this is probably the highlight of the Papa Shango run, unless you count his run-in at WrestleMania 8. Yes. But, uh, I would think this main event, on the last Saturday night's main event of this era is certainly the highlight uh, of the Papa Shango character, if not the entire career <laughs> um, uh, of the guy. But uh, this was, you know, Bret Hart made Papa Shango look about as good as you could mm -hmm. in this case. You know, I, I, the match wasn't great, but it was 
Bret Hart doing what Bret Hart does. Um, and that's really making this guy look strong. You know, they clearly wanted Papa Shango to be the undertaker type character. Like they kept flashing to kids in the audience and like their reactions. And that's certainly something that they started doing when the undertaker debuted. So they clearly wanted everybody to like be scared of Papa Shango. And I just don't think anybody was, I, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing about people saying that he was creepy or scary looking. It was just a guy in voodoo garb, but, uh, but yeah, so I'd probably go maybe three stars here, three and a quarter, maybe, um, you know, the match was decent for what it was, uh, but the highlight was the middle of this event. So this was just kind of uh, capping off that Bret Hart is the champion. Yeah. I, I, I went a lot lower because this is kind of a standard, just, Bret Hart versus a jobber to the stars match of this period. And like you said, you can really tell that it's just Bret walking him through it. Uh, he's still very green at this period for those people who, who may not know Papa Shango eventually became Kama and then the Godfather. Uh, and Vincent Mann mentions on commentary that this is uh, Bret Hart's first televised title match uh, as champion. So he had won the belt from Ric Flair shortly before this. So that's something very uh, you know, auspicious to to see here with with this. Uh, I gave it just just two stars because I just think it's a very standard kind of main main event of superstars match you might have seen during this period. Uh, my my favorite spot here was uh, there's a point where Hart's in a bear hug and he like shines up the bald head and then bites it. Yeah, which I thought was really funny. Uh, he also has a slingshot body press for the outside one point, which is really good. Uh, but, uh, you know, standard match, he gets the win uh, after the sharpshooter. Uh, you know, not not a lot you can write home about. So, to me, this was just a very kind of middle-of-the-road battle. Right. All right. Well, yeah. So, that is the bulk of the event. However, um, there is a another promo with Ric Flair, Kurt Henning, um, and Razor Ramon, where they're talking about uh, who they're facing, who they might be facing, and, you know, um, all that kind of – or who the champion might be. I'm sorry. But um, – so you do see that. But then at the end, they tease, like, a gift being given or being opened or a box of some kind that Heenan might open. But that doesn't happen because there's a news flash where Heenan announced that – the ultimate maniacs. I forget what his wording was. Like ultimately the warrior wouldn't be there, but Heenan's yeah. wording was like something to the effect of they wouldn't be there together. It was something like they're not gonna walk out together. One of the maniacs is gonna need a new partner. Right. And so that then will lead to the very awkward and abrupt having uh Mr. Perfect turn face and uh they would go from there. And, yeah. you know, and I don't know if the box ever got opened on uh, primetime wrestling or anything after that. Uh, it wasn't the gobbledygookers son. That That's what I kind of wondered. Is, is it something with the gooker since that was a year prior? And it was uh, around Thanksgiving. So, yes. So, um, you know, I kind of wondered if this was something they did in post since you said it got taped, you know, several weeks before it aired. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to build up to it because I always thought that um, the whole thing didn't happen until that episode of Primetime Wrestling. So the fact that it was, I guess, floated out there before kind of surprised me. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, one thing that, that we skipped over was there is also a funeral parlor segment. Oh, yeah. How could we have forgotten that? Right before the end with Paul Bearer and Undertaker, and it's basically them hyping the Survivor Series match against Kamala, which is going to be a, a casket match. Very standard uh, promo. What's uh, funny is they call it a coffin match. A coffin match, coffin or casket. It would become, match. obviously, a casket match, but I noticed yeah. that when they were talking about it, they would keep referring to it as a coffin match. Yes. Was this the first coffin match that they had had then? I don't I don't quite remember. It was, it's before Yokozuna won. It, may, it must have been then. Yeah, so maybe the first one with Undertaker. Um, but he does the eye roll thing, so that's the only thing that's really notable here. Yeah, it's not one of the more memorable funeral parlor segments. Um, so, as we mentioned, uh, the Ultimate Warrior wouldn't be here, be that Survivor Series. That was the initial plan. Um, but... So the Ultimate Warrior left the WWF before the match could take place. The two reasons cited could be one about uh, allegations of steroid abuse or the other one states that he might have been upset with his future plans for the character. So in any event, WWF was forced to change their plan. So that is what we got. We got perfect teaming with Perfectly Savage, which yes. mm-hmm. should absolutely be their team name. So. Yeah, yeah, and it should be mentioned. Another thing that we did mention was that Bret Hart did a backstage promo with Mean Gene Eckerlin as well, and then he did a post-match one with Mean Gene where Shawn Michaels interrupts and they kind of jive each other for a minute. So again, just I would say overall this is a, a tight little show. It's only three matches. It's yeah. so with commercials, it's probably an hour. Uh, and uh, well, it might have gone up to ninety minutes if you throw in the music video and a few other things that maybe got cut. So uh because i know traditionally those were 90 minute shows but this is a tight little show with three pretty decent you got two decent matches and one really good match uh on this program right and great push to survivor series they talk about survivor series all the time everything we're doing is pushing to what were basically the two top matches at survivor series the the title match between brett and sean and then what didn't come down but the uh Ultimate Maniacs versus Ramon and Flair. So, um, and it should be noted that the, the production is just second to none back in this era. You know, oh, yeah. it, it has that classic look, and it's you know obviously it's on a major network, um, so everything really looks great. Yeah, yeah. So overall, I think this is a very fun and entertaining show. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to watch it because uh, when I was just kind of flipping through the Saturday Night Main events, because I find those fun to rewatch. Um, I was looking at this and went, oh, I don't remember this one. And, oh, this is the end of the run. And, oh, there's some interesting matches on here. And I think it was. I think this was a very unique card for the time period. Yeah. And if we're going to do shows like this, I think we should look at something that is different. And this was, I think, very different from what they were putting out at the time. Absolutely. I agree. And this this was a fun one. Let us know what you think. If you've seen it, if you have not seen it, go check it out. It doesn't take too much of your time. And uh, for those wanting us to maybe have the matches on our video and have us do our commentary while the match is going on. There's a thing called copyright laws, which prevent me from having the WWF's WWE's footage on our YouTube video. So as much as I would like to do that, I can't. Yeah, and if you notice other podcasts that do watch-alongs, like, say, you know, Jim Cornette, I know does those from time to time, you know, they don't show the match. You can kind of, sometimes you can hear in the background, sometimes not, and it's them, you know, talking over it. You know, we do 
tell you where you can watch it or if it's something is available on YouTube, we, we, we do provide the link. Um, I know there are some other uh, YouTubers out there that will maybe show uh, a quick clip or still photos and we do throw up still photos like that. But yeah, I do throw up photos. A lot of times I'll get, uh, I'll get, you know, it'll hit back at me if I ha even have a GIF that's too long. They mm -hmm. will sometimes hit me for that. Um, you know, I know that there's ways, I guess, to edit the video footage so that it is accepted. You know, I am not in a high tech facility, as you can see here. Yes. So, uh, you know, we're just hoping that you like listening to us talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, th this is basically a podcast that where we're filming us talking and putting that on, on YouTube. So, yeah, I know in the and we've gotten some great comments lately and I'm glad Absolutely. To that we're starting to get that. So we're gone as questions come up, we'll try to address those and why we do things a certain way. And, and who knows as we go on and, and maybe gain more viewers and sponsorships and what have you, we can upgrade uh, the production values a bit, but uh, we'll see as we go. Magic spoon. Yes. Um, Cause Leonard wants free cereal. I want free cereal. That's all I care about. All right. Well, Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out our shorter videos, random match reviews, our segment surgery, which is new, and our uh, stupid questions. Uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time, and Alexa will see you out.